everyone. Welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. And I'm Steve. Movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk movies. And we're back, baby. A dinosaur story. Uh, we are back. A dinosaur story. We um, went back in time. We ate the cereal. We came back to the present. We're going to be in a museum. Baby, I'm a T-Rex. It's going to be a weird, a terrifying villain covered in crows. Yeah, that movie did have a very terrifying villain that was not well placed in that film. I thought he was perfectly placed because he was fucking terrifying. Yeah, but it just, I don't know, it just didn't match the other, the rest of the movie, the other, the rest of the tone. Oh, no, it didn't. It was great. But we are back. We had a short hiatus. We had some, some recordings we made during Steve's uh, lovely wedding that was fantastic. My hand still hurts from that wedding. Um, that's <laughs> uh, an inside scoop for people who were there. Did not get Steve. that on video. Did not get, that's, yeah, that's great. That's great. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I live with it every day. Um, I don't need to see it again. Perfect. Uh, uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed that content. Review them all is still probably my favorite thing we've ever done. It's been great. Uh, I do check out the Nightmare on Elm Street um, commentary re- track that we made, the review of the film that we made li- in real time while watching the film. Yeah, it was uh, our first and hopefully not only like uh, commentary track, basically. Yeah, it was the first live of the movie films. Definitely won't be the last. I'll definitely, definitely not. And uh, you can actually even listen to it without the movie because it picks it up enough. I was actually just listening to it at work today. And I'm not going to lie, I popped pretty hard at some of our jokes. Uh, the stupid, um, I don't know if you remember this, I, I was listening and you made a joke about, a comment, about how one of the snowboards is is small, and I said, well, that's for half pipes, because you need half the board. <laughs> oh, that's a good joke. I thought that was the stupidest fucking thing, but I laughed. <laughs> like, I forgot I said that, so it made me laugh kind of hard. But no, we're back. Uh, we're doing pretty good. So, Steve, uh, Steve how you doing? Uh, doing fine. <clears throat> how was uh, your honeymoon? It was nice. Oh, there you go, guys. Go to Disneyland. Steve's review. They should post it right on the on the side of the the wall, in a big bold starburst. Pfft, it's nice. No, it was great. We hit up San Diego for a while. Uh, showed her some of the sights of the greatest city in the world, San Diego. Hit up Seaport Village. Oh hell yeah! Ate at the fish market, which was delicious as always. On top of the water. Hit up Coronado nice. Beach. Hit up the San Diego Zoo, which doesn't have an aquarium, but it has two penguins. That is yep. what the person at the front of the zoo told us, because uh, Aline asked, like, hey, uh, do you have an aquarium? I don't see it on the map. And the employee's reaction was, no, but we have two penguins. As if, oh, like, yeah. that's, that's equal. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I went to um, Shed Aquarium up in Chicago, and I went up for Shimmer back in October, and we didn't even see penguins, because their penguin exhibit was closed for, like, for cleaning slash like remodeling. And that was, like, the major reason we wanted to go, was for penguins. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of lame. At least oh. you got to see two penguins. <laughs> you saw zero penguins. Um, what was I going to say next? I'm sure you went to Disneyland. Eventually. Uh, yeah, then we uh, we hung out in downtown Disney for a day, relaxed, hit up a spa. We went to Knott's Berry Farm, which is owned by Cedar Fair, which is a big, like, uh, thrill amusement park company that owns uh, several parks, and they were very heavy on roller coasters and thrill rides. Which Aline is a huge fan of. I am not. So there's a picture of me about to yell the word shit for 30 seconds straight. Um, <laughs> like, it's just the shh uh, part of the word, and that is framed in our home forever. That's good. <clears throat> it's a terrible. It was a terrible experience for me, but she had fun, so I guess that's worth it. That's all that matters, right? You're married now. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Hey, happy your, wife. Your, your happiness is zik, zilch, nada. Put that, bleh, 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 in the trash. 
Uh, and then we uh, spent a whole week in Disneyland. Did a bunch of cool stuff. We did everything. We ended up seeing like every single show and like World of Color and fireworks and all the parades all in one day, except for the Christmas parade. Somewhat by accident, but it worked out. We got a Good. bunch of free stuff. I got a private photo session with Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, which, for those of you who may not know, is the OG Walt Disney character. He made Oswald before he made Mickey. And they got the rights back a few years back for the video game, and now he's been making appearances in California Adventure recently. Nice. And he looks great. That's good. And the uh, the actress portraying Oswald did a really good job of being Oswald. Stamp of approval. Stamp of approval. Uh, met a bunch of characters, rode a bunch of rides, had a, hung out with a lot of cool people, had a lot of good food, got a lot of free stuff, and I went to one store where the manager gave me a 40% discount because I worked for Marvel. <laughs> really? Yes. So we bought a lot of stuff. That's hilarious. <laughs> like I just, I was buying just a Venom pin, and he said, "Is this uh, Evil Spider-Man?" He's. Like, I was like, "Oh, that's that's Venom." You know, he um, he wore a suit. He wears a suit that Spidey originally wore. He went, "Oh, I'm still trying to get used to all the Marvel stuff." Oh, you know, that's fine. I'm I'm used to it. like I have to know this stuff. That's my job. You know, I'm Spidey. They send me around. Okay. Uh, do you get any uh, do you get any discounts? Uh, I mean. No, like, well, you work for Marvel. Well, yeah, I do. Would you have your ID on you? No. How'd you get in the park? Well, I, mean, I bought my tickets. I didn't realize this this could be a thing. Ah, you brought it up first. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> and, like, I do work for Marvel. Yeah. Obviously. Everyone knows this. But you, you'd think they'd be a little bit more strict. <laughs> Especially with a 40% discount. 40% discount. So we got some statues. We got... I bought a bunch of merchandise because it's the 60th anniversary, which means there's a bunch of merchandise there that's only there for, like, this year. Plus, it's Christmas time, and I love Christmas. Everyone knows that. Plus, mm-hmm. they had 60th anniversary Christmas stuff, specifically. Oh, there you go. So, I bought stuff, including a Roger and Jessica statue, because there's not enough Roger and Jessica merch. Nope. Uh, sadly, was there any uh, Scandalous John merchandise? No Scandalous John. Horseshit. Damn it. Uh, and saw the new fireworks show for the 60th anniversary fireworks forever. Not as good as the 50th anniversary fireworks. Would have preferred just seeing the regular Christmas fireworks. But the, uh, it's just the 50th anniversary fireworks for Disneyland was celebrating Disneyland. So like it, like called back to a bunch of the rides and stuff. Mm -hmm. This 60th anniversary just referenced like the movies for the most part, Mm. which to me is a downgrade. And then, uh, but the 60th anniversary World of Color, top notch. Like, that was a better 60th anniversary celebration than the fireworks. It made me cry. (laughs) It seriously did. No, no regrets admitting that. It brought out, it kept showing, like, scenes of Walt and Walt talking, you know, about his love of the park and his creations and stuff, and it it definitely made me, made me cry. It was beautiful. Well, there you go, guys. You want to cry? Go to Disneyland. Perfect. And then, uh, it's happiest place on earth. You're full, it's full tears. Full of tears. All the tears. How about you? How you doing? Uh, good. Uh, not a lot going on. Obviously, the uh, holiday stuff is going on. We had a, we had a Thanksgiving. We had a Black Friday. We had some things. Um, not a lot going on here. I drove up to Chicago this past weekend after before recording this. Um, it's to um, Terry in the Isles group in Chicago that does film stuff. They did a screening at the Vic Theater in Chicago. They did. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Return of the Living Dead, Turbo Kid, and Demon Knight. That's an amazing... Uh, Linnea Quigley was there. 
um, so they had an excuse, to, you know, because you know they always have someone there for that's in one of the movies. Usually her, because she's in, the, she, I think she's nearby. I think she's she has to be in like the this like Midwest area. She's she always she's always in Chicago or St. Louis for stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know exactly, but she was there. You know, I, I got her to sign my copy of uh, Sorority Babes and the Slime Bowl Bullorama. Fuck yeah. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't want to bring a copy of Turning Living Dead, and I didn't want to bother because I didn't bring money to buy photos, like buy eight by tens. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I had to sign my thing, and I left. I didn't want to do. I didn't want to waste her time with pictures and stuff because that's how I am. That's fair. A lot of people are like, here, sign like my poster, my magazine, my DVD, my laser disc. Can I get a picture? Okay, bye. Yeah. And it's like, oh wow, you mean could at least bought a photo? Yeah. But I wasn't gonna do that, so I didn't want to. Whatever. That's very kind uh, of you. It, so it's always good to be in a theater full of people to watch stuff. Although Texas Chainsaw Massacre is weird with people because there's a lot of scenes people are laughing at, which I don't, I don't think they should have been laughing at personally. <laughs> it's like the scene when um, she's all tied up in the dining room and everyone's like she's screaming, losing her shit, and everyone's like, like all the, the you know Chop Top, not Chop Top, um, what's the brother's name? Whatever. He's laughing at the hitchhiker guy's laughing at her. The other face, everyone's laughing at her. People in the audience were laughing. It's like, what's funny about this? Ah, the horror crowd's weird. I laugh at stuff that most people probably wouldn't laugh at in some horror films. But, you know, I got other stuff in the movie they weren't laughing at, but it's just like that stuff. It's like there's things like cackling, like it's actually comedy. I'm like, that's not... Mm. Like, they're laughing at that the same way they laugh at when the father comes home. It's like, look, look what your brother did to the door. Like, that's obviously funny. That's yeah. a comedy. That's, that's a line to make you laugh. Extreme close-up of her eyes and the pure terror of this woman is not... Not supposed to be making anybody laugh. Well, Bob hey, that... he thought he was making a comedy. <laughs> no, a PG comedy, so he was right, Bill, and you're wrong. Oh, am I? Okay. I do, I, obviously, Return of the Living Dead was great with the crowd, because that movie is just full of great stuff. Um, and a lot of people there had never seen Turbo Kid, because that's still making the rounds, so that was that was enjoyable to watch with people getting their like first reactions. Mm-hmm. And then by and, and, uh, Demon Knight was starting at like, 1230 at night, so not a lot of people were there anymore. But there was a good crowd of people there who, like, when Dick Miller came on screen, everyone lost their fucking shit. Good. Which is always appreciative. And, of course, uh, Billy Zane being Billy Zane. Oh, fucking Billy Zane. Ah, oh, so good. Wait, if there was one man that can save a movie, or really just, or not necessarily save that movie, but I think that movie would have been good, but can take a part that doesn't necessarily have a lot to it, but, like, elevate it to the stratosphere. That's Billy, yeah, Billy Zane did, man. I hope Billy Zane's in Zoolander 2. <laughs> That'd be fantastic been a while it's been a while uh so yeah that's all that's been going on with me not a whole lot of other stuff um just uh living the life christmas is coming up all end of the year star wars is coming out uh tomorrow as i'm recording this so who knows when this movie episode drops on uh, sunday who knows what's going on maybe did the movie break all box office records in opening weekend or <laughs> sorry star wars alvin and the chipmunks is coming out the same day so is the sisters starring tina fey and amy poehler well sorry star wars i guess you're not making any money you know it's funny i under i usually understand like putting something out there that's demographically different but it's star wars yeah uh, that's what Everybody i said like why is, is gonna go see star wars why is alvin coming out the same weekend as star wars well it's for the kids you know what else is for the kids star wars yeah they picked a bad weekend no shit and even like admittedly even next weekend's gonna be rough mm-hmm uh, a hateful eight drops next week and on Christmas. Yeah, Tarantino always has to have his movies drop on Christmas, as if to say, "Hey guys, my movies are more important than the birth of Jesus." I mean, I don't care either way about the birth of Jesus, but I'm sure Quentin Tarantino <laughs> said that while he's sucking on someone's foot. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, so yeah, we'll find out what happens with that Star Wars movie. Apparently, from my understanding, it's already made a billion dollars purely in between pre-sale tickets and merchandising rights. Of course it has. Because I don't know if you noticed, I guess there's been a lot of articles recently saying how everything is Star Wars like. Apparently you can buy bags of oranges that are BB-8, have BB-8 on them, like on the bag. Mm-hmm. So now you can buy every piece of food has Star Wars on it. You know, everyone's been making fun of that, and they deserve to, but you know what? If some fucking kid that usually doesn't eat that much fruit sees Star Wars on fruit and says, Daddy, I want this fruit, and he starts eating some more fruit, good. Can I get the Uncle Ben and Aunt Beru roast beef? <laughs> Perfect. Oh, God, that worked. Hey, I miss, uh, I miss the Jar Jar Binks uh, fruit roll-up. Fruit by the foot. That shit had sugar crystals on it. It was amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> it was the best thing to come out of the entire Star Wars franchise was those fucking treats. As well as Ecto Cooler from Ghostbusters. According see- to the internet, anyways. I was, I was just saying the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. Crystal Pepsi's back if you win a contest. It's back uh, for everyone else in June. Yeah, I, I did read that. And I'm really glad that they're not. Di- oh, God. Because I was going to say, if it's like pe- a Pepsi Perfect situation, oh my god, I was going to flip my shit. It's like, what's Absolutely. wrong with you fucking people? People want to buy this stuff. Just sell it to just them. Just fucking sell it? <laughs> oh, great. But moving on, uh, in place of news this week, obviously you took a hiatus. So we're going to go back to our uh, you know classic we sometimes do. We got Trailer Park. So we're going to go through and talk about some trailers for some movies that dropped in the past four weeks. Uh, we'll start right off with one that dropped recently. Uh, the trailer for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I don't remember the subtitle. I uh, think it's just two. I, I, no, I think it's like Out of the Shadows or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, Out of the Shadows. Uh, so, uh, Steve, what do you think of this first trailer for TMNT Out of the Shadows? Well, of course, it's the fucking Michael Bay Ninja Turtles, so it looks fun as hell. It looks really, uh, really solid. It has a lot of uh, callbacks to both of the... Uh, comics and also the 80s cartoon that everyone loves so much uh right in the trailer by itself looks like a lot of fun it looks like it may be the best turtles movie uh although to be fair in tone the original may still be the top just for what it is but this is definitely going to be really up there it's a really really great turtles movie it even has the fucking truck shooting goddamn manhole covers instead of pizza but it has that it has that goddamn toy that i played with and bebop and rocksteady look fantastic I'm looking at IMDb now, and there's like characters, like some character poster images for Bebop and Rocksteady, <laughs> and I'm instantly falling in love with this movie. Good, that's amazing. And also that uh, the fly scientist is in it. Uh, yeah. Um, um, which I'll find it see here in a second. Um, you think I can remember names of people? Uh, Baxter Stockman. Thank you. Being played by Tyler Perry. Yeah, that's fine. Whenever Tyler Perry's not in a Tyler Perry movie, I think he's really good. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because that was definitely what Cap... I think everyone's takeaway from Gone Girl was, man, Tyler Perry. Um, I love this movie. I mean, I I didn't, like, fall... I didn't, like, super, super love the first uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles movie that came out uh, two years ago now? Mm -hmm. Last year? It was was last year, because this movie comes out in 2016. Um, I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was good enough... It was like a little too fast paced. It was basically I always said it was like a ninety minute climax. Never had a lot of time to breathe, but I enjoyed it enough. And I as far and like my stance still was, hey, it's okay, but as long as kids like it, that's all that matters. Because for these franchises to keep living and keep going on, it needs to appeal to kids more than it needs to appeal to adults. Yeah, 
I mean, that's, that's my stance. I mean, it's cool if they can appeal to both, but in the end of the day, I'd rather kids like it. Kids keep buying the toys, merchandise, supporting that property, and keep let it keep going. Because off of that, then adult merchandise comes out. Because yes. then Playmates and other licensees, like, this is popular, adults still like this, so we can make stuff for them. That's why the biggest thing is when the He-Man movie comes out, it's going to be really important. I th- I'm sure I've talked to this ad nauseum, but it's going to be really important that that also appeals to kids, not just 35-year-olds. Yes. Because it's gonna, that's what the kids are. What's going to drive these properties? I mean, the Transformers films. Kids like them. Kids like the TV shows. Kids, and from all that stuff being popular, that means Hasbro make more stuff for adult collectors because mm-hmm. the brand has you know longevity and life to it. But um, this trailer, I loved uh, when uh, Bebop and Rocksteady show up. Like I already, we already seen behind the scenes stuff of the guy, the them in human form, and they already looked the part. They already looked actually, the part. When but when the, when they're actually uh, mutated into the animal versions and they actually look like Bebop and Roxy from the cartoon, oh man! Uh, as many of you know, my wife is uh, a huge, huge, huge fan of Bebop and Roxy. So when I, I sent her the trailer, she lost her shit. Good, lost her complete shit. Like that's the, that's gonna be, that movie's gonna be everything for her because Bebop and Roxy are in it. No more Toka and Razar. No more like. Just not even trying to be, make Bebop and Roxy. No, here's fucking Bebop and Roxy right of the fucking cartoon. Yeah. I know I've seen a lot of people, like, get excited for that. So, I think maybe 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 people have gotten over the whole thing that Michael Bay is producing the movie. It's a Michael Bay film, right? I mean, yeah, he's producing it, so it is. Yeah, just like Transformers <laughs> was a Spielberg film. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's like you know i mean the second one's being directed by dave green i i mean i, I don't know uh, shredder's in it not in suit i hope he shows up at the end in like a more um eastman layered like purple kind of suit not not his iron man suit he was in the, in the first film well i mean it was a rewrite of putting Hiroku Saki in the first film anyway so i think this is gonna it, be more true. straight it's shredder true. Although, admittedly, the original draft had William Fickner being Shredder. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, yeah. I really would have wished that would have been the case. I, as much as I know it would have pissed people off, I think William Fickner being able to do more in that film would have been a lot better. For me, as a William Fickner like, addict. I admit that I, w- I was against that idea at first, but that's because I thought they were making William Fickner a Rokusaki. Mm-hmm. If they were just going with he was making this armor and calling himself the Shredder, but he wasn't a Rokusaki and there was a real Rokusaki... I would have been totally fine with it. I think it would have been great. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I think people had a beef with was the alien stuff, and they changed that. Which it would have, would have been fine anyway. I mean, they've always had connections with fucking aliens. That's the one thing in this trailer. This trailer doesn't show, though. Obviously, there's a, the Dimension X like portals opening and stuff in the trailer, so I imagine we're going to get Krang and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, they, or if they're going to go off the new series stuff, or Krang is not just, you know, it's like Krang is the race, not just one individual. And Shredder himself is a Krang. Yeah. So, we'll wait and see what happens. Which was an interesting take. Yeah, but I, I assume this film not going to go that route. Who knows, I honestly. Know. Yeah, yeah. Because well. it worked in the show. It worked really well that uh, Rokusaki was actually just an alien. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, I've never seen a bad Turtles cartoon, honestly, now that I think about it. So... But wait and see. I, I don't know if it's going to be... If, if the trailer looks great. I don't know if it's going to be better than the 1990 movie, but not many things are going to be better than a 1990 yeah. movie. So, uh, beyond that, <laughs> uh, we got Star Trek Beyond. Um, that dropped uh, just earlier this week. Um, let me know when they're making Star Trek movies again. Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be really nice yeah. when they make a Star Trek movie again. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've said this before on the show, uh, like when they announced Justin Lin, I'm like, well, <laughs> there goes getting a Star Trek movie. We're going to get more fucking crazy action stuff, which I will say, the movies are fun and entertaining, but they're not Star Trek. Like, yeah, it's cool stuff's going on. Neat, wow, zip zap, boom, action stuff. That's that's cool and all, but that's not Star Trek. Yeah. I I'm I think that's fine and all, but it's not what I want in a Star Trek film. I, I prefer to, you know, be what Star Trek is, a little more human driven and extra I don't know. Not not so much reliant on explosions and special effects mm-hmm. in that regards, that type of stuff. Now, what do you think of the trailer for Star Trek Beyond? I s- gripped my chair tightly as soon as Beastie Boys started playing. <laughs> and then I say, well, to be fair, that was in the first film, and it yeah, worked. Exactly. There. It was it works in the first film, and it worked there. So maybe it's going to work here. Maybe I was wrong. Uh, yeah. Everything looked bad. Everything. The the one scene that was good in the trailer was the one with McCoy, and that's because uh, this actor is fantastic as McCoy. I don't know why I forgot his name. God damn it, Call Urban. <laughs> Yeah, Carl Urban is took me a minute. Oh, so underrated. <laughs> uh, so that his scene was good, and that's it. You yeah, know. that was a good line because like he steals the, every every movie so far. He's completely stolen Agreed. from everybody. Agreed. <laughs> uh, it's so sad that he's like still, I guess not like a A list actor, like getting tons of roles for things. Because mm-hmm. he's he's too good. I, re- I um, over the break I picked up. Uh, the Riddick film on Blu-ray, and I watched it, and I was remembered, oh yeah, he was in Chronicles of Riddick, and even for how little he's in the Riddick film, uh, he's great. He's great. Um, so, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I'll go see the movie, I guess. Oh, uh, apparently, I, I just want to correct something. Uh, I found this out. So I, going into it, was watching the trailer, like, oh, I thought Simon Pegg wrote this, and it was going to be better. It just looks like shit. Apparently, he turned in a script that Paramount said, but this isn't like the Avengers. Yeah, he was told to make it less Star Trek like, because Avengers made a billion dollars, and and to, according to Paramount, why can't we should be making that money? So it's more about making a billion dollars than it is making a Star Trek movie. Of course it is. Good job, God Paramount. Studios. Uh, you know, admittedly, it makes me love what Warner Brothers is doing with the DC Universe even more. Yep, because they're doing what they wanted to. As much as people say they're trying to be Marvel, I don't think Suicide Squad is trying to be like Marvel. <laughs> Nope, they are doing... Pers- personally. They do what they want to do. Say what they want to say. <laughs> the Adams family. <laughs> Got hammer in the house, baby. Woo! Uh, Star Trek Beyond. I, I hope... I don't know. I have no, I told, I've been telling everyone I have no faith in Paramount. If they, the Borg turn out to be in this film, I'm going to walk out of the fucking theater. I don't think the Borg are going to be in three, but they'll probably be in four. Yeah, I think you and Rachel said the same thing. Like, no, this will be Klingons or something. Then the Borg. I'm like, yeah, that's that's how it should go. Let's <laughs> just get that deep into space and find the Borg. Great. Uh, speaking of aliens in space, uh, we get a sequel to Independence Day Resurgence. The sequel to Independence Day. It uh, gets me more Jeff Goldblum. So five out of five. That is my that was my biggest takeaway. I'm like, <laughs> I was watching. I'm like, hey, there's a lot of Jeff Goldblum here. Jeff Goldblum is back in a like starring role for a Hollywood film. Yes, please. Yeah, that's my big. That is my biggest takeaway for the film. The trailer was actually really well cut. It made sure to pull on those nostalgia strings by having Bill Pullman's the, the president's speech from the first film playing throughout it. That was honestly a really good call. Like it was, it's, a, it's, it was a good trailer. I'll be honest. Yeah, it was a fine trailer, and I I think it's hilarious when people are saying, "Oh no, Will Smith, Ugh, no, not going to see this." I'm like, "Yeah, you're not going to see the sequel to Independence Day." 
which, granted, I don't really care for Independence Day. It's a stupid fucking movie, but, I mean, people like it. Yeah. And I, I think this movie's gonna make buku bucks. Um, apparently, there, if you go on the website, there's a backstory stuff, so apparently uh, Will Smith's character died in between films. Yes, he died during a uh, test. Yeah, they're apparently testing the... They basically took the alien and alien technology and built new stuff. Hey, which, that's smart. It's good that they actually did that in-universe and not just went, oh, the aliens are back. How are we going to fight these things with our fighter jets and normal stuff? Why didn't you guys use that technology? <laughs> so, actually, that's kind of... I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Step to go. Um, so, it looks fine. I'm sure I'll go see it. I don't... I mean, Roland Emmerich's making it. And from the trailer, it didn't look like it was following the usual Roland Emmerich's tropes so far. I hope it goes that route. Mm-hmm. Of the, I don't, I don't, I would prefer not to have the cast of millions and quote unquote disaster porn. I, I think if he can make a film that's a little more low key, like uh, Universal Soldier, mm-hmm. uh, that'd be that'd be fantastic. That would be. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, did you have any more points on that? I don't. I don't remember if I asked. You I mean, not really. Over you. Okay, cool. Uh, so then, um, the big uh, Marvel trailer dropped uh, Captain America: Civil War. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, it looks cool, but I also thought the trailer for Winter Soldier looked cool. <laughs> so, I don't know. I really don't know. I have no opinion on that film. Here's what I'm really excited for. Thunderbolt Ross is back. That's true. That, that, that's, that's pretty cool. And I love... Uh, uh, it's not... Fuck. What's this actor's name? Cause which, which character? Who's playing Thunderbolt Ross. Because I always accidentally call him... The guy who played Thunderbolt Ross in the Ang Lee Hulk, Sam Elliott. Yeah. Which, he is not Sam Elliott, but I forget his name. Um, I'll, I'm, I'm just gonna bring Regardless, he's great at Thunderbolt Ross, so it's great to see Thunderbolt Ross on screen again. Uh, there's a few scenes that looked cool. Uh, and I will say that, to be fair, by comparison to the Civil War comic book, the motivations of Cap and Tony actually make William way Hurt. more sense in this trailer. They do, um, uh, but that's although, that, but that's just because the Civil War book was such dog shit. Yeah, admittedly. Um, yeah, it is William Hurt that plays Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, from the trailer, it makes everything look very petty. Yeah, like hey, Bucky is framed for something. I need to stop him, and, and Sony's like, no. We gotta have limitations coming from the man who made a murder robot. Thanks, that tried to destroy the world and then tried to do it again. Thanks, Tony. Everyone has to follow you because you're fuck ups. Everyone has to have be, you know have to be limited in what they do now. Mm-hmm. Limited in what they do now. Um, I, I don't know. I just didn't care. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, Black Panther!" I'm like, "Uh, cool." Yeah, I guess. It's, him running in costume looks silly. Yeah. And I guess following this, I kind of forgot to. I forgot this as well. There's so many fucking trailers. X Men Apocalypse had the same problems. So I just don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. Yeah, everyone's blowing their love. I actually, uh, as uh, I laughed out loud at the end of that trailer when it had. Um, man, we're terrible actors named today. But whatever. Professor X sitting there in the suit, with the bald hair. I'm like, what? What is this here? <laughs> that's it that's was... the big reveal. That's what everyone's going nuts for is a bald actor. Yeah. Oh Jesus, that was terrible. But Civil War does not impress me. I'm. I don't know what I feel about felt about it. I feel like it's just going to be a mess. I, I definitely rank the Civil War movie above Apocalypse so far. Yeah, trailer wise. I mean, I I've been I, I've told everyone I've checked out of the uh, Fox X Men movies. Absolutely. I'll see Deadpool, but I don't really know if I've counted that as a 
X-Men movie. No. Although, apparently, Deadpool, everyone's going to be in the correct costumes for the first fucking time. Yeah, I know. Isn't that... Like, Colossus has actually made his right costume. Like, everyone's going to be actually how they should look in the comics, which I think that's pretty cool. Colossus is actually going to look like Colossus. And he's going to have a Russian accent. Oh, that's so fucking good. Yeah, it's going to be great. Hopefully that movie turns out well. Uh, but Civil War, bleh. Oh, I'm sure I'll see it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I didn't see Ant-Man. <laughs> I still haven't seen fucking Ant-Man. So... Well, who knows? Apocalypse, I'll probably skip it. This the the image of uh, Quicksilver running down that hallway looked horrific. It it did. It looked it was so shitty looking. Dutch. And then when Apocalypse is holding down, I guess is it supposed to be Xavier? It looks like Xavier. And he's growing. He, that looked oh whoa. That looks bad too. It looked bad, but I do appreciate that they're having Apocalypse grow. I mean it's cool. It's it looked bad. <laughs> if you're gonna just don't do it if it's gonna look like shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it could be cleaned up in the final product. I fully admit that. I mean, people said plenty of things about Jurassic World looking like shit, and I thought that looked pretty good in the final product. Mm-hmm. So whatever. But last trailer uh, to talk about. Uh, the big trailer for us. And uh, the thing, I, I don't know, still, keeping up with DC's, being, DC's uh, properties being very controversial was the trailer for, uh, the newest trailer for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Yeah, that's that thing being really fucking great. I liked it. I fucking loved it. Hey, there's a trailer that that is just telling you what's going to happen in the movie. You already knew what was going to happen. Mm, well, I kind of knew it was going to happen, but I didn't want to see movie. it. I didn't want to see it until I saw it. In there. Go fuck yourself. It's a fucking trailer. If you don't want to be spoiled, don't watch your fucking trailer. Yeah, because trailer... I mean, like, yes, I agree. I wish they would stop spoiling stuff in trailers, but this is what they are. Yeah, they're meant for people like your mom and dad who just go to a movie like once every now and then and they see a trailer. They're not on the internet every day watching trailers 16 times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, that's not what these trailers are meant. These, like, trailers like that, they're not meant for that. They're meant for people to just go to the theater once every now and then. You know, it's like, hey, trailers haven't changed a whole lot since, since the 70s. Yeah. Except most trailers don't tell you the entire plot. Yeah. And even then, this didn't tell you the entire plot. You don't know exactly. I mean, I, now we're hearing apparently from a, from a production designer. Another stuff that Doomsday doesn't show up to like halfway through the movie. Yeah, halfway. <laughs> yeah, so you don't even know that's the finale. You don't know anything about what you're seeing. I think everyone's everyone's sleeping out because Batman has a gun. It's a fucking grenade launcher. Batman has used tech like that all of the fucking time in the comics, in the games, in the other movies. No one's ever lost their shit. But fuck Man of Steel, so it fucked Scott Snyder. Not Scott Snyder. Fuck Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Scott Snyder's yeah. the guy who writes Batman. <laughs> Uh, the Dark Knight, he had a gun that shot like little exploding gel pellets. Yeah, this people, is not people love the Dark Knight. This is nothing new, but because it's Zack Snyder and related to Man of Steel, people are going to shit on that. Batman threw people down like a bell tower in the in Batman. Yeah, and he blew up a chemical company that was next to a water supply, probably poisoning thousands of people in Gotham. Yep. And dark and, and uh, Batman returns. Batman strapped a bomb to a man's chest and pushed and shoved him down a hole. Don't tell me, don't be bitching at me because Batman's fighting a superpowered fucking beast like Doomsday and has a grenade launcher. Or even before that, he's fighting Superman. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah he needs something, dudes. <laughs> he's gonna need a. He's gonna need a grenade launcher. Give him a pass. Launcher was cool. Uh, people got mad about um, uh, man, actors' names. It's a bad day for us. Uh, Lex Luthor being all goofy. I'm like, yeah, well, this version, he's goofy. Goofy. Then I'm sure at one point he'll get super serial. The the wig will fall off, and he'll say some stuff that makes you shit your pants. I think uh, it works perfectly, because a lot of people forget. Uh, most people in Metropolis like Lex Luthor. Why? Because he's charismatic. 
he doesn't come off as a villain. So you know what? People have to like Lex Luthor before we and Superman know he's a villain. Yeah, and this version's more quirky uh, as opposed to Clarency Brown's version of the animated series, which is more just like suave, charismatic. Yeah, that's all. That's that's it. It's just different versions of it. I think it'll be fine once it gets into things. So, and uh, Gail Godot shows up as Wonder Woman, looking badass. Take that, fucking Marvel. Fuck yeah. And they're actually shooting Wonder Woman oh, right yeah. now. She so looks it... so good in that trailer. Like I can't get yeah. over how good she looks. Yeah, I look forward to seeing her in action. So, uh, I think that's a... I mean, any other fi- any other points from that trailer that you wanted to talk about? Uh, everything's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I keep I, seeing lots of Jeremy Irons' Alfred. Everything's I'm great. Jeremy Irons' Alfred is great. Uh, the uh, l- This version of Lex Luthor is great. There's jokes, so fuck everyone saying, like, no jokes allowed, Warner Brothers. It's not literally not true. Literally not true. Um, and the fucking line of Superman, uh, if I wanted you dead, you'd be dead already. Please stop. Yes. Uh, was fucking perfect. Yes, it was. That I sums really up that. the whole fight. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Bam. Spot on. Spot on right there. Uh, so yeah, that looks great. Looking forward to seeing that come uh, March. Is it March? Yeah, yeah it's man. March. It's March or April? It's around there. No, it's March. Shit, man, that's only like three months away. I know. I keep forgetting that. I keep thinking like it's farther off than it is. Then I have to remember, like, WrestleMania is coming up in three months, too. So, I mean, it's like everything's just, like, jumping up out of nowhere. Oh, man, do you think Batman v Superman will sponsor WrestleMania and then Triple H will come out in the Bat <laughs> robot suit? Except, like, oh, a really Jesus. shitty version of it? Oh. For those who didn't watch WrestleMania 32 last year, um, because of Universal and NBC's partnership and stuff, there was a Terminator, like, it was involved in WrestleMania stuff. And they had a bunch of teed hunters on the stage, and then... Triple H rises up with, like, all this, like, mist everywhere, wearing, like, shitty, like, T-800, like, helmet and, like, shoulder pads, and he's standing there, like, looking so awkward. Like, he's probably thinking, like, what the fuck is this? Uh, that was the worst because they had a perfect opportunity to also get RoboCop in Sting's corner. Yes, for that, yeah, that would have been, it would made more sense to have RoboCop than the NWO to come out to support Sting. Oh, my God, yes. And then, Ar- and then Arnold Schwarzenegger could have been there, and then Arnold and RoboCop could have fought. No, that Arnold could have just knocked out Triple H like he did on Raw one time. That's how it got him in the Hall of Fame. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. Great. Fantastic. Moving on. Uh, it's the Christmas time. Holiday time. Whenever you celebrate Hanukkah or whatever. Back up, motherfuckers. Um, but we usually uh, do something holiday-themed this year. And obviously there's a lot of uh, Christmas-themed movies. So we decided to... Last year we did our favorite Christmas films. This year we're just going to zone in on two beloved christmas classic films in the same franchise so uh, if you read the title for this episode baby you know what we're talking about you know it you know it uh no credit card no problem no we're talking about home alone and home alone 2 colon lost in new york home alone from uh 1990 one hour 43 minutes directed by chris columbus an eight-year-old troublemaker must protect his home from a pair of burglars when he is accidentally left home alone by his family during christmas vacation perfect perfect that's what they said kevin 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 uh so let's just mainly talk about how amazing looking o'hara is o'hara is uh i think Catherine o'hara looked better in beetlejuice yeah, that's a fact. Uh, as these films go on, I'll keep talking about how this movie, these these movies, just hate Catherine O'Hara. Yep. <laughs> and I feel like there's times when yeah, she looks pretty good, but man, 
I, I feel like they intentionally make her look too, too momish. Mm-hmm. Like too much in that. Like, eh, I'm okay. Between her outfits, between like the way she looks, like Axe. Uh, oh, Axe definitely. She's a fucking terrible mother. But she, there's plenty of times when she looks very, very good because she's Catherine O'Hara. Yes. Um, but if I was gonna pick an air like this, the close proximity time frame, I would go Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's fair. As my definitive Catherine O'Hara, like, yes, please, okay. more of that, please. Okay, so let's just talk about Beetlejuice, then, and Catherine O'Hara. Oh, uh, we can! Um, uh, whoa, I got demons running through me! <laughs> uh, nice fucking model. Nice fucking model. <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> that yeah, lying that everyone lying, because most people, like, watch it when they're kids, and so hearing someone saying, like, the word fuck is really funny. Yep. And it's like, oh, he said fuck, whoa. So it's like, nice fucking model. <laughs> And then the cock, the cock grab. Yep. Okay, we'll, we'll pause Beetlejuice talk for now and go back to Home Alone. Uh, PG, I think still the highest grossing comedy domestically. Oh, uh, let's and, find I, out. I think, and, I think and internationally. I don't. I know The Hangover made a lot of money. But I don't think it made as much as like um, Home Alone did worldwide. Uh, I'm trying to find out, but everything's frozen. Well, either way, uh, Home Alone had a budget of $18 million, grossed $476.7 million. Holy shit. Uh, so there's that. Uh, uh, Roger Deeper, Home though, Alone is uh, 11th place. There you go. For comedies? Yes. Is that No, what is it domestically? Are you looking at worldwide? Uh, I may just be looking at... Uh, yeah, that's just U.S., I'm sorry. Okay. Hmm. What's number one? Oh, Shrek 2. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, sorry, yeah, it's the highest grossing live action comedy. Yes, yes it is, it is. It is number one highest grossing live action comedy of all time. Yeah, uh, that is uh, domestically, because obviously worldwide, Hangover 2 beat it when it came out. Yes. Because Hangover 2 made $586 million worldwide. Holy shit. Jesus Christ, what does the world come to? But anyway, enough about budgets. Home Alone... Uh, Steve, you're my Christmas nut. What do you think about Home Alone? I love Home Alone. Like, I can't talk enough about how much I love, like, a lot of Christmas movies. Home Alone is, to me, a classic. It's got a great, like, Christmas message. It's got the Christmas tone, the Christmas themes. It's got all the fucking Christmas styles and the looks and the music. And it has a lot of great slapstick. And two really funny villain characters played brilliantly by Joe Pesci and Dan Stern. Stern. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Stern, yeah. I, I love Daniel Stern to death, so... I'm I, a... I love him, period, like in everything. Yeah. He's, he's, Fucking he's right up there bushwhacked. with... Um, bushwhacked? Oh, God, bushwhacked. Just because of Daniel Stern, that movie's great. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. Uh, fun fact, though. Apparently, Bushwhacked was originally supposed to be a, a, a spinoff of Home Alone. Really? Yeah, he was supposed to play Marv and uh, that... Trying to get his life together? No, yeah, apparently it's, like, the same plot. Like, he is, like, he, it, the, it would start with him already already getting his life together and then being framed for that murder and stuff. So, basically, everything the plot, everything's the same except, like, the backstory and who Daniel Stern's character is in that film would just be Marv from Home Alone. Huh. Well, either way, it works, although I'm kind of glad Bushwhack stands on its own, but if it was connected to Home Alone, maybe more people would have seen it. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Bushwhack is for everybody. I agree. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but no, uh, Dan Stern, Joe Pesci. I mean, Joe Pesci apparently uh, was very method for this film. Really? Uh, apparently he intentionally did not ever, like, hang around Macaulay Culkin 
uh, with, uh, they'd, they'd only be together when they're in, in, on scenes together uh, for the intent of making uh, Macaulay Culkin actually scared of Joe Pesci. Oh, that's great. Apparently, and apparently this went sometimes, like, the scene where he's going to bite, uh, like, say he's going to bite off Kevin's fingers, apparently he actually did, did bite Macaulay Culkin's hand. <laughs> and broke the skin. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, so that's some stuff I found out about the, about the film. Jesus, Joe um, Pesci. I mean, that's cool. It comes off. He looks, I mean, I mean, Pesci's given his A game, and I guess, and, and obviously I think that a lot of people know that uh, Robert De Niro was originally offered the part. Yes. And, I, and in retrospect, I think Joe Pesci was obviously a better choice. Way better! Because he has yeah. the rage at this child. Yeah, and plus Joe Pesci's well known outside of this film for being just a, this fuck machine with his mouth. Like, yes. Just like, cursing, cursing up a storm, everything. So in this film, it's like, you just see this actor who's in films like, Raging Bull or Casino or Goodfellas and stuff. Now he's just trying to fresser, fresser, fresser. Yeah, trying not to say fuck in a kid's film. <laughs> it's fantastic. Or anything like that. Although Daniel Stern does drop a shit in the film. Yes. Uh, when he drops I, that, that actually scene is actually really funny to me. It's such a simple little joke. Uh, when he um, he's kicking his foot inside the dog, the doggy door. Yes. Although there's no dog in this film anywhere. Nope. What's going on with that? Uh, and the shoe falls off. He's like, oh shit. Such a little line makes me laugh. Um, but Home Alone, I mean, I don't, it's one of those films that is like a beloved classic. It's right up there with The Christmas Story and um, The Grinch Stole Christmas as just a like definitive Christmas film. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily love it, but I think it's okay. Um, there's like, It's one of those films I don't think about a lot, but when I watch it, I'm like, I'll, I'll laugh. I'm like, oh, like, I just like lots of stuff I enjoy, but it's not something I every Christmas feel like I have to watch. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like there's other things that I feel like are Christmas hat, like you know, like staples for me, as we discussed during a Saves Christmas and the Peavey's Christmas Special and stuff like that. Like those are really yeah. Home Alone is not one that I have to watch every year or anything like that. It's no, because there's not a lot. Of, there's not. Admittedly, the story is very thin. It's a light story, yes. And outside of the 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 gags and the and the practical uh, oh, practical but um, um the physical humor, there's not a lot going on mm-hmm. besides Kevin Home doing funny stuff. Kevin's mom freaking out, wasting so Pesci. much time and money. Oh Jesus! But before we get into like later stuff, uh, I think the biggest problem in this film is how everyone is a asshole to Kevin. Horrible asshole! Like, like I said to Bill, this is not Kevin is not like a brat that has to learn a lesson in this film. He's completely right. His family hates him. Everyone treats him like dog shit. He's totally in the right. The worst thing that he does is he uses his dad's new fish hooks to make an ornament. Because he's because he's nine years old. Well, yeah, he can't use the old ones without those worm no, guts on him. He's eight years old. He's eight years old. What does it say that he's eight years old? Yeah, yeah, all the time. There is a continuity error between the films. No, uh, he's ten and uh, and Home Alone too. Yes, but that trip is literally one year later. Catherine O'Hara says it. Yeah, I know. I, I, what I, what I thought with that, well, a, a continuity, or I thought for a second, thought, well, maybe there, maybe his birthday is around then, and they're, they, and stuff's happening later. I don't know. Maybe. I'm trying to make up excuses for the fact, but yeah, but they do say he's ten years old in Home Alone too. Okay, there you go, continuity error. Yep. Uh, unless there's a Home Alone 1.5 where they try to take another trip when he was nine, <laughs> and something else horrible happened. Well, it's. <laughs> No, because this film, Home Alone 2 in in universe takes place a year later, even though the movie came out two years later. So I think they wrote it saying that Macaulay Culkin is obviously 10, Mm -hmm. but they didn't fix it in universe. Okay. So there we, we figured that problem out. Ah. Uh, John Hughes, you fucking piece of shit. 
what what kind of movie what chih, what kind of movies have you written, asshole? <laughs> Home Alone three. That's what you. Yeah, that's, that's what, what you what. wrote. You wrote Home Alone three. Oh fuck, Home Alone three. We'll talk about that later. Um. So I mean, yeah, 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 totally. Like everyone, this movie's trying to make it out to be like Kevin's mean. Everyone's and everyone's like, oh my god, Kevin. Then Kevin's feeling bad, wishing his family away. It's like no. Your family's awful to you. You have every right to be pissed and then want to wish them to go away. Yes, absolutely. You clearly liked your cheese pizza. Buzz ate it. And then he's been, everyone's being a shithole to you. And you so see you tackle Buzz. Oh, my God. And then Uncle Frank. Un- Uncle Frank's line of, look what you did, you little jerk. is like so cutting and makes the movie feel super uncomfortable for like the next five minutes. It does. Which, to be fair, I think of... was the point. I know. <laughs> But it's just like as an audience member, like, ugh, gross. Like, why are you, why are you doing this to Kevin? He did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. He's trying to, ha- he's trying to pack a suitcase. No one wants to help him. Everyone's calling him a little shit idiot, fuckface. Like, so I'm like, eight. Whoa. I've never done this before. Please help me. I just want help. You're at the, you're at what the French call it, les incompetents. Well, fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, you fucking cunt. Kevin just kicked her down the fucking stairs. <laughs> Onto a bunch of broken ornaments. <laughs> Everyone, everyone keeps making jokes about uh, Kevin growing up to be a sociopath because of how he treats Harry Marv. No, fuck that. If he ends up being a sociopath, it's because of how his family treats him. He... Yeah, no, no shit. Like it's gonna. Be and like... yet, even like by by even all throughout like Home Alone one and Home Alone two, Kevin's a really good person who's really kind to other people, and I don't know where he gets that from. <laughs> <laughs> it's as if his family's horrible people, and he's this black sheep because he's kind to others. Yeah, you little fuck. <laughs> you kind of asshole. Everyone's a shitbag in this family. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Cheese pizza. Ah, here it is. I just threw it in the trash because you can't have it. Just let me piss all over it. Um, Whoa, you pushed me? Go to your room. <laughs> go to your room. Go up in the, sc- the scary attic, which when he gets up there, like, what's scary about this attic? Ah, he's a little kid. That line always makes me laugh. I agree. It's, like, it's scary up there. He gets up there, it's like brightly it's lit. Really, it's really, this like, attic's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's like scary. I mean, your basement, I understand. Attic, what? going on um so as the film progresses uh the power goes out they wake up late and because of this because of kevin being in the attic and the awesomest fuck neighbor kid <laughs> love that neighbor kid head, that kid's going is this car four wheel drive <laughs> what's the gas mileage like Oh, uh, this film, like I said, the film has tons of little things that make me really laugh when I'm watching and talking about it, but I don't like, it's not going to be like July and I'm not going to be sitting here thinking about the neighborhood kid. No, agreed. Like, it, it, and thinking, oh man, I need to watch Home Alone. Both of the films have that. There's a lots of little tiny jokes that I forget about completely until I rewatch the film, but they don't yeah, stick totally. with me enough to make me want to rewatch the films outside of like Christmas season or if it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun. Bring me back something French. <laughs> As, and he's um, just going through their fucking bag, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's like, as the, the camera as he clicks in, he's like, has a yo-yo, it's, and he's not stealing. He's just like fucking like, hey, this is some cool stuff. <laughs> totally. Um, Kevin finds out that everyone le- left him. They don't realize till they're in the plane. Frank says it makes you feel better. I forgot my reading glasses. <laughs> oh, Frank, you're an asshole. Uh, what else? Uh, that's noteworthy that happens in the film. Obviously, Kevin is just. I love Joe Pesci as a cop. That's a. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, I like when he's trying to find it, like him fronting these houses, mm-hmm. and he's like, so, "Who are you? Like, do your parents live here? Nope. Okay. <laughs> it's like, are you, it's all like, kids, oh, no parents? It, right? <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> totally. Um, 
Are you Kevin McAllister? Yeah. The Kevin McAllister that lives here. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, but the other, like, notable scenes, um, obviously, it's gets silly where, um, so, Catherine O'Hara can, is told, like, hey, we can't get back till we come back on Friday, apparently. Apparently, they weren't going to stay in France very long. I thought that was kind of strange. No, no, they said that the earliest flight they can get oh, them they, Okay, to. that's right. Yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. So, I guess they were going to stay longer. Um, it's back on the Friday morning, so, but she, that's, like, no good for her. So, she spends all this money, all this time, all this energy... To get this is where I was saying like I think the film just hates women and hates <laughs> Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> all this all this energy and time money everything to get back home, and then in walks everybody else, and then uh, John Hurt says, "Hey, we took the plane that you didn't want to wait for." Ha! You fucking dummy. Perfect. You dumb bitch. Everything you did was worthless. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you met John Candy though. That's pretty cool. Uh, John Candy is mm, high up there on my list of my favorite things about this film. I agree. But we're getting a little bit of a head of ourselves. Uh, I know we are. Uh, so Sorry. Kevin's at home for a while, I guess. He's doing kid stuff. He's eating ice cream, watching Angels with Filthy Souls. Angels with Filthy Souls. <laughs> AC said you had some dope <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, uses that twice in the film to scare people away. His sound system on that tiny TV must be out of this fucking world. Oh, it, you have to see. It's easy to miss. I, I caught it this time. He has two speakers hooked up to the TV in the kitchen. Thank you, because I've never noticed that. Yeah, I noticed when I was watching today. I finally noticed that he has, like, the little TV in the kitchen and, like, two, like, three-foot-tall speakers. Good, because as insane and ridiculous and kind of dumb these movies are, I did notice that most of the time they have, like, decent logic for why dumb stuff works. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad there is logic for that. Yeah, I noticed it. So yeah, that that that's what that's what's causing. And obviously, then the, the, he also does. Oh yeah, the firecrackers. Yeah, yeah. That always explained the gunfire scaring Marv. That's fine. Yeah, but there are gigantic fucking speakers to amplify that. Uh, Good. That audio and stuff. Uh, I think, which I guess is meant to scare the pizza guy the first time around. Yes. Uh, so he so. gets uh, he gets his cheese pizza. He steals the toothbrush. Fucking Jimmy, the shopkeeper. That scene is that scene still feels really out of it's place. It's really like, out of place. There's... It could have been cut, and it would have been just fine. All it did was inter- like make him more scared of the old man. And it's like, hey, we already know this. Yeah. I don't know if we need it. The only thing that it added that mattered was after that scene was him walking down the street and almost getting hit by Harry and Marv. That's true. Uh, but admittedly, he could have just bought the toothbrush. He could have just, just been, been walking seeing... down the street. Yeah, he could have just been walking down the street saying, like a stupid voice or saying, I bought a toothbrush. I, I wasn't sure if it was approved by the American Dental Association. Oh, like, the fucking whole outside, ADA but... scene was ridiculous. It doesn't say. That means it's not fucking approved, bitch. It's that fucking simple. Yeah, no shit. I, I've seen enough ADA... With my, my job and stuff, I've seen a lot of stuff with certifications. You'll know if it's ADA certified. There's a big stamp on it. Yeah. But, yeah, you could have, that scene could have been cut. That is Agreed. Extraneous, totally. Like, I like I think the Santa Claus scene is fine and funny. Um, yeah, I like that. Cause... I think uh, the other side scenes that don't take place at the house, but I think most of them are fine, but that drugstore and cop chase scene... Pointless. What, what's the fucking point of this? Completely pointless. Him grocery shopping by himself, adorable. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> How old are you? No, no, it's like the, the, the logic. How old are you here by yourself? Like, what's your name? I can't tell you why. Because you're a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. Like that, that, those like stuff like that are really solid and make me laugh a lot. And very good for Macaulay Culkin because it's very easy to have a child actor be shit. And he was not. And this film relied heavily on him and it worked out. Mm-hmm. Worked out totally good. It was good work from Chris Columbus, I guess, wrangling him. Although apparently. And his brother, um, who had one. Yeah, 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 but... yeah. Kieran Culkin's also in it. <laughs> Drinks too much, he's gonna wet the bed. 
which that brings up a notable like this film is uh, Pepsi, but there's uh, that's a notable product placement is Pepsi in this film. Very point. notable. Well, something changes in Home Alone too, which we'll, when we get to it, I'll talk about. Uh, um, so yeah, <laughs> so, uh, Marvin Harry, uh, all of Kevin's distractions of t- trying to make Harvin, yeah, Harv and Mary, Harv and Mary. <laughs> Harry and Marv believe that there's people in the house. Fantastic. Oh man, but it does start faltering into the uh, falling into the, like the weird logic of this film. Or how is Kevin setting all this up? Uh, he's. I just go with the idea that he's a genius and his family doesn't appreciate him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying everything's super complicated, but it's still like, man, he does a lot. He's a fucking kid by himself. The eight-year-old energy, Bill. Eight-year-old <laughs> energy, no parental supervision, and all the time. It's true. If we could harness the power of eight-year-olds for our factories here in America, man, we'd be set. We'd be set. Uh, Why don't we do that? Uh, so then, uh, you know, the action starts. They... The action does start. Now, obviously, there's a. I think everyone knows the whole sequence of how the Harry and Marv are trying to get into this house and things happening to them. I guess let's break down just our couple of our favorite ones. Um, I think one of my favorite ones, as simple as it is, is just... Um, Marv stepping on the ornaments when he's trying to come in. That's the what I was gonna say. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> it's so simple, but man, does it work for me? It works so well. Because <laughs> it's like the pops, like ah, and it's like this. He's still stepping he on them. Stepping on them. <laughs> um, and uh, and then I think my sec- my other favorite one of I was gonna pick two would be the um as simple as is just um when. Harry opens the door, pulls the, the pencil out of the fan, and gets blasted with... The God fingers. damn it, that was my other one too, Bill. Ah, shit. Because you're right, it's so simple, but it's just... It's just... Yeah, everything else, like blow torches and, and irons and all this other really crazy stuff, but then the simple just saran wrap of glue, feathers in the face. <laughs> like It's such a quiet, quick, simple thing. Yeah. <laughs> Harry's confusion after it is where all of my laughter begins. <laughs> Why are you dressed like a chicken? <laughs> Um, and of, and of course the spider. Yeah, the spider's flat. Cool. It's just fucking his scream is world famous for a reason. Daniel Stern's scream, right there, yeah, and then just... him beating the shit out of Harry with a crowbar. <laughs> no, this is the lead up, Marv. What are you doing, Marv? Don't Go move, Harry. Move. Marv just starts hitting him, <laughs> wails him in the chest with a crowbar. <laughs> Uh, if anything, I'll say, like, at least the violence in this film, obviously, the hand... There's some stuff, yes, in real world would be horrendous. But this film is pretty low-key before we get into Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2 kicks everything into fucking cartoon. It's a living cartoon. Which we will get into. So I super... I do Looking into that film, into this film, I appreciate how this film is a lot more simple. Like, yes. obviously, the fan, the ornaments, there are a lot more simple, easy little things that are just effective and bring a simple joke yeah. obviously the micro machines is a call back to earlier in the film when john heard is like hey your aunt margaret or whatever almost broke her neck mm-hmm. that was a thing yeah it's it's but, great i mean everything that he that he does with his home base of outer kevin is fantastic <laughs> that's true gotta stop people from attacking his fob <laughs> uh you know harry and marv doing their uh on-site accurement espionage mission it's true. They're not the best. <laughs> They're rookies. They have a, they have, they have a D in, 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 in stealth. Oh, yes. I think uh, one of my most important things that I always like to point out is that uh, in Act 1, Harry and Marv teach Kevin how to be safe and careful so that he doesn't die because they really don't want to hurt anyone. They're just robbers. By the end of the film, they have decided to murder this child. Yep. Yeah, Kevin turns them into <laughs> Kevin turns murders. them into killers. 
Absolutely. It's even worse. In the second Absolutely. Movie. Like, as soon as they see Kevin, we're shooting him in the subway today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, no fucking so, around. Another thing I liked uh, was when he uh, sets it up so he's going to call the police on the house across the street. He goes over there. We get to see the effects of the wet, wet bandit. bandit style calling card where there's just like a basement flooded of water yes. and stuff. And then uh, obviously uh, the um, show snuff, the snow, uh, shovel slam, whatever, snow shovel slam, I think that was the, the urban legend name given to the old man, mm-hmm. uh, saves Kevin and... That's a, that's a, there's a resolution to his subplot, And also, the sh- which... I really like the Snow Shoveler character. Oh, yeah. It's way better than this. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have to talk a little, foreshadow a little bit for Home Alone 2, but I prefer this to what I did the Pigeon Lady. And although I prefer Home Alone 2 as a movie, absolutely fucking agreed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely this plot actually agreed. has a better resolution, better, I think... Um, he has a better lesson, see. a better resolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and it connects yeah, yeah. Uh, with... Robert, Robert's Blossom as the is Old Man Marley. Um, yeah, his... As a, him as a character, him as just an a- actor, like he just seems a lot more. And it connects with I, Kevin's story as well because it's all about uh, forgiving your family. Yes, totally, it, totally not that, that. It all sinks in a lot better, mm-hmm. and a lot better. And then uh, Catherine O'Hara stuff. gets back home on Christmas Day, and then five minutes later, the rest of her family shows up like they fucking said they would. And even John Hurt says, "Hey, we took that flight you you, you didn't want to stay for." Yeah, you fucking dummy, you fucking stupid bitch. How, why wasn't they in the movie? Like, you spent how much getting here? Where's your pearls? <laughs> did you give someone your pearls at five hundred dollars? Why did you do that? Did you give away your wedding ring? It's, but then you have to remember. Why do you have seventy-five well polka cassettes? <laughs> okay, so we jumped ahead over John Candy. John Candy is probably a shining star in this film for me, as he is in anything he shows up in. Yes. Uh, apparently he also shot all of his stuff, all of his scenes, he, they shot in one day. That makes sense. It's all, like, in a fucking van in that, only that one other location. Well, true, but even with, like, setups and stuff, it's taking a while. Like, apparently they, it was one day as in they shot it in a 23-hour stretch. Oh, Jesus. Good for you, John Candy. Yeah, he's gonna get in and out. But that's obviously shows up in lots of other uh, John Hughes stuff, like, obviously, um, he, Uncle Buck. Yeah. I think that most... And apparently, uh, Uncle Buck was a, a, uh, the reason why Home Alone exists, because that's obviously Macaulay Culkin is in Uncle Buck. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, Chris Columbus saw it, like him and stuff, and actually wrote Kevin McAllister's written for Macaulay Culkin mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. So I mean, hey, I'm gonna do a quick plug. Uncle Buck's fucking phenomenal. Check it yes, out. It is. It's the Citizen Kane of Uncle movies, according to Rob Zombie, and I still think it's the best description of that movie. Yeah, that is. Uh, so yeah, the polka stuff. I love that. It's like oh, we sold uh, six hundred. Wait, like six six hundred eighty copies. Yep. We're huge in Du Bois or whatever. What was it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's like we're huge in Du Bois. <laughs> Just keeps it, he names like five songs, and Kevin is like, "Oh, these are songs." Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, like he's so, and he, like, and he left his kid little... in a funeral home. <laughs> yes. It was fine after a couple weeks. He started talking again. <laughs> John Candy steals like every like like the like the like the fifteen twenty minutes he's in the film he steals. Yep. It. Totally takes away from everything else going on because he's John Candy yes. and he's just a comedic god. Yes. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's, everything's fine, uh, Harry and Marv get arrested, taken off, everyone's happy, uh, Kevin, what's his little tooth? Oh, okay. Kevin, oh yeah, it ends with, uh, the only thing, apparently Kevin cleaned everything up except Buzz's room. Yeah, that was kind of weird. He cleaned up all the shit, but not Buzz's room. Kevin, what did you do to my room? Oh, hey Buzz, I actually needed to borrow some money in order to eat and survive, sorry about that. Sorry about that, Buzz. Also, I so, I thought if I originally thought that it was weird that like Kevin doesn't tell his parents and like the thieves say nothing about Kevin, uh, but then I kind of realized that 
Kevin may just not talk about it because his parent, his family is are all assholes and will just shit on him for that. And the uh, and Harry and Marv don't mention it in court or to the police because if uh, prison finds out they got their asses beat by a kid, they're mm-hmm. fucked. And it's already in the in logic of the film. It's already set up like they obviously the calling card thing. So now we know all the places you hit, so we can connect you to all these crimes. We don't necessarily need Kevin to testify or anything. Exactly. So they might as well never have hit his house. So that was cool. So Home Alone, Christmas classic. Obviously, we both liked the film well enough. I mean, I don't. Love it, I, but so um, star ratings. Uh, I give it a three and a half. I would also give it a three and a half. Maybe, maybe pushing a four if I'm in like an especially Christmas mood. But I would agree mm-hmm. on a three and a half generally. Yeah, like I said, it's a perfectly fine movie. It's just not in the in the the um, realm where uh, the upper star ratings or films I think are I don't know. I'll be more solid, quote unquote, great in my eyes. And then I'll I have more rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Home Alone's like a maybe once every couple of years. Like it, like it'd been long enough, so I've super enjoyed rewatching it. I don't like if I was gonna watch this again next year, I'm not sure I'd feel the same yeah. way. So that's where it falls for me. So uh, yeah, but obviously the film was a monstrous success. I don't think anybody expected it to be as big as it was. And so uh, two years later, as we talked about, we got Home Alone Two: uh, Lost in New York. One year after, it's Kevin a grid system, Home- motherfucker. How you lost in New York? Ah, uh, you're cutting off my synopsis. I'm sorry. That was, I was trying to get no, it in before me, your synopsis. Let me let me check the synopsis. Yes, yes, it says right there at the end. It is a grid, grid system, motherfucker. So it is in there. It's okay. We're set. <laughs> we're covered. Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, rated PG, 1992. One year after Kevin was left home alone and had to defeat a pair of bumbling burglars, he accidentally finds himself in New York City, and the same criminals are not far behind. Perfect. Perfect. That's uh, Lots of coincidences in That's this film. We're done. Let's give star ratings. Let's go home. <laughs> Uh, I'll say right now, my biggest beef Home Alone 2 is that the, it is almost verbatim the exact same plot uh, the first And one. that is a very fair reason to not be a big fan of the film, because you're absolutely right, it's a definite retread, a lot of the stuff is the same, you know, it's the same characters, the same villains, same situations, but to me, this is a sequel that's kind of, that was like where the producer said, okay, just make the same movie, uh, but we don't want to do that, just make the same movie, okay, and then the filmmakers almost made the same movie out of spite, because it's there's a lot of times when the movie's really self-aware that it's a sequel and takes very similar retreads but kicks it up to 11 because fuck you, it's part two. I think that's the thing. It, it's, it has sequelitis totally where it's the same movie. It just like ups the ante. Uh, but for me, it worked. No, I'm, and I'm not... And if it doesn't work, that's fine because it doesn't work. I'm not trying to say it, it doesn't necessarily work. It's very okay. But the problem, it, the problem is that it's so much like the first one. Yeah, and that's fine. Like, obviously, the stuff that's up is funny. Like, there's still stuff that makes me laugh. I still enjoy it. But I'm sitting here still thinking, like, oh, I just... At the end of the day, it feels like I just watched the first film again. Except this time, there's... Oh, horrific things happening. Very <laughs> horrific. Marv. It's fantastic. So let's get into the it's, film. It's true. Let's get into it. Uh, so, again, we start off with a family that just wants... If Kevin uh, was drowned in the fucking river, they would probably be happy for us. They'd be lives. happy. Because uh, the beginning of the film, uh, they're at, they go to a pageant, which there wasn't a pageant last year at the same time. That's strange. Uh, it's a new thing that the school's doing. That's a new thing. Um, Buzz is uh, Kevin's in front of Buzz, but during a solo, Buzz starts making fun of Kevin. And I just want to say, I don't mind like Buzz being an asshole because Buzz is an asshole. Is the fact that everyone else is an asshole that really just drives me nuts in these two movies. And I clearly condone Buzz being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Like, everyone's laughing. Like, everybody. This Like, Kevin's being humiliated. Like, 
again, upping the ante because the sequel. The first one we had the family hating and humiliating Kevin. Now we need the entire the entire town hates Kevin McAllister. <laughs> the entire this entire like suburb is just hating and, and shitting on Kevin McAllister now. And so Kevin knocks him over because uh, he's like, "Hey, fuck this!" Like rightfully so. Yeah. And apparently causes everyone else to fall. Kills the fucking <laughs> pianist. Murders her. She's <laughs> dead now. Everyone's like, "Kevin, how dare you, you little shit!" <laughs> like, and so it cuts to Buzz giving a super fucking fake apology, yes. almost reminiscent of the apology Kevin gives his mom in the first yes. film when she wants to send him upstairs. Oh, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nope. I did. I really like the directing and writing on that. That bit right there was actually really solid. Yes. As a good like, if you're paying attention to the first film, it's a good like it's like poetry, you know. It rhymes. Yeah. At least we hope it will. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so, clearly, everyone is very aware about what happened last year and trying not to have it happen again. Except for uh, checking your alarm before you go See, to bed. See, here's the thing. Like, I will give the first movie a complete pass. The power went out hmm. while they were asleep. I am. I'm totally giving totally a pass. Totally fine. It's, Second it's film, film. First of all, he unplugs his fucking alarm clock, never looks at it again. And two, he's apparently the only person in this entire house with an alarm clock. Yeah, None of the say, kids have an alarm clock. Like, that. Buzz is old enough where he should be getting up on his own for school, you know? Yeah. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. We did it again! And then uh, the song, the songs play, they run around, they get their stuff together. This time they remember Kevin. They remember Kevin. And, uh... They get to the, to the airport. airport for some reason. Kevin really desperately needs to put batteries in his fucking Walkman. Is a uh, talk, talk, boy. talk boy. Talk boy. Yeah, I think it's the same. But yeah, it's talk, talk boy. boy. It's it's fucking. There's no reason for it. It's stupid. And then just so happened coincidentally, there's another guy dressed as his father who runs in the opposite direction, and Kevin just coincidentally runs into the lady with the tickets, and <sighs> fucking Jesus Christ! Everyone in this airport is inept at their jobs, except for the one guy so, for Kevin's plane who outright says, board him, but make sure you find his family first. Alright, and I will also say this is the security office at the Florida airport. Yes. They're pretty on top of yes. it. Yes. Yeah, 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 that yeah, airport, sure like Chicago O'Hare. Florida airport's got yeah. their shit together. They're <laughs> yeah, good. Exactly. Um... Yeah, it's... Uh, like, a lot of ridiculous, coincidental horseshit happens, although it still makes me laugh, because, like, so much happens to explain this insane situation. Even Kevin's sitting down to some guy that speaks French so that there's no way he can be told he's going to New York. Yeah, I know. And that great just <laughs> stare at the camera. I lost my shit. It is dumb, but I just lost my shit. <laughs> yep, headphones on. Um, uh, this is one of those cases where it's a movie that could not be made today. Oh, no! Like, uh, my fiance, uh Yeah, my fiance, my wife... My fucking wife uh, said that because they're. Be you gotta say it like Harrison Ford in Air Force One. My wife. My wife. Uh, it pointed go. out like so many ways that this would not happen today. Down to like as soon as you use your credit card, you'd be able to call them on your cell phone. And I'm down to Kevin being on the top of the World Trade Center. But <laughs> oh, oh. I had to put that. There. <laughs> <laughs> this film's offensive. How come that's not edited out? Seriously. Uh, I can't be reminded things used to exist. So, uh, Uncle Frank steals some crystal salt and pepper shakers. Uh, no, that was in the uh, that first was in the film. first film. Yeah, because in the first film they're showing how cheap Skitty is. Like they're flying because uh, they're flying to France and they're first class. The kids are in coach. Yeah, just like this. And film. Um, he's like, 
That's a real crystal. Put this in your purse. Put, put it in your purse. Put, 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 put. And that's, right, that's, that, the that's, that's, that's what Captain Harrow remembers they left Captain. Yes. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. I fucked this, up. This film is not very much um, air, air, airplane footage. <laughs> They don't. They fuck up about Kevin when they try to hand him his bag, and he's not yes, there. Yes, that, that's when they realize, and that's fantastic. That sequence was was pretty funny. It's pretty though. funny. <laughs> Give this to Kevin. Give this to Kevin. Kevin's not here. here. Kevin's not here. Kevin's not. Kevin's here. not here. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. Um, so Kevin gets to New York. He realizes he's in New York and his family's in in Florida. Uh, so then he spends all of his father's money on a cab ride from the airport. Uh, so he's homeless now. So there's all the money he's spending in the first opening montage of the film is impossible, but whatever, I'll go with it. I don't know that. I think that envelope was just full of hundreds. Yeah, yeah it might be, but that shit's expensive. And like, it was a fat stack. I think. I think it's plausible and a taxi ride from, because um, he still he obviously had a lot of money. I think because uh, even still he had a lot of money. It was at Duncan's toy chest. So I think that was a fat envelope of like fifties. Yeah, hundreds. you're probably right. Whatever. Uh, so good thing he happened to be watching a commercial about the Plaza Hotel in Chicago. Yeah, on that game this is show. where the film starts being super set, set up on coincidences, and oh, good thing he did that. Yeah. Like, good thing he recorded that commercial from the whatever game show he's watching, so he could get the whole stuff about credit card. No problem. You know, it's like the number and credit card. You got it. This is Peter McAllister, the father. The father. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Credit, and then of course the infamous credit card. No problem. Good thing he knew how the entire conversation worked. Look, good thing there's no. Yeah, what else do you need? Oh, I didn't record that. Fuck. Shit. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Um, he gets. Yeah, he obviously. Uh, Tim Curry uh, is. Oh, so fantastic. Great for how little he's in the film. I love Tim Curry in this movie. Uh, Rob Schneider is even yeah. funny in this movie. Hey, you know, they're, they're, I mean, Rob Schneider's fine in things where he's not the That's why I, I said that exact same thing when I was watching the film. I outright said, whenever Rob Schneider's in a supporting role, he's fantastic. Except Dread. Oh, yeah, Judge Dredd. Judge I was Dredd. like, uh, Dredd. Uh, Dredd. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, he played Anderson. <laughs> yeah, it was a hot chick, but, you know, in, in the Dread universe. Rob Schneider a, is a hot chick. Rob Schneider has been too close to the radiation by Mega City One's dead <laughs> Tessellation Wasteland. Now he's become a psyker. Oh, I'm a psyker. <laughs> um, yeah, the check into the hotel. Huge ass fucking room. Huge ass fucking room. And then uh, go swimming in. His, oh yeah, and his, he uh, oh he also meets Pigeon Lady and gets scared of her for some reason, even though she just kind of looks at him in broad daylight. Yeah, Kevin's 10 now. He's dealt with burglars trying to kill him, and he's fought off the fear of the furnace in their basement. I'm pretty sure he can handle a pigeon yeah. lady. Uh, Harry and Marv just so happen to also get to New York. Well, because that's, yeah, that's coincidence. They escaped from prison. We That was the big luminous... Luminous, um, that's what I want. Reveal? Uh, I don't know. The, the spooky scene! Yeah, with the newspaper. Before they leave, when the when it's all windy at night and stuff, the newspaper flies up against the door of the McAllisters. It's like... Oh, what bandits escape prison? Oh. And now they're the sticky bandits. The Every sticky scene bandits. of Marv stealing something random from a random person was fucking amazing. <laughs> the scarf, the scarf, the, and the, the hat from the guy in the park. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, was good. Um, oh, where did it go? yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, he checks into the hotel. Uh, then he gets to the height of fucking being rich. And gets a limousine with a cheese pizza. Gets taken to the yep. toy store, which is 
the the FAO Schwartz base. No, it is basically FAO Schwartz. It's it's based on that, but man, that's a shitty looking toy store. It always looks like there's displays of things working. I don't see any actual like things where you buy yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't see any store sh- any shelves. All they show in every scene is just like goofy animated shit and, and like dollhouses. Like, where's the actual place where you <laughs> buy things? Like, where did he buy that soap stuff at? No clue. You, you tell me right fucking now, motherfuckers. Uh, he meets Mr. Duncan, who says finds out turtle about turtle doves the, uh, the, the best stuff. fucking way. That is my wife's uh, ringtone now. Is just turtle doves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. The way he does say it is pretty pretty notable. <laughs> Uh, uh, and then I love it's all st- one st- one shot when you walk you see him at the counter. Kevin walks over. The camera moves over just enough so they give time for the actor to duck down before Kevin turns around and the camera moves back over to show no one there yeah. anymore. I, I thought I, cu- I couldn't like over years I couldn't remember if it was a cut, but I was when I was watching it I made sure to watch like notice like nope the camera pans over camera pans back over yep. and he's disappeared. Whoa, uh, Ghost Toy Store owner. <laughs> Uh, Tim Curry realizes that it's a stolen credit card. Oh, God, the fucking shower scene with Tim Curry. Yeah, good thing uh, Kevin recorded Uncle Frank in the shower. I don't care. Get it was of, hilarious. Get out of here, you little pervert, or I'll slap you silly. <laughs> so fucking great. Oh, you're cooking, Frank, eh? And he uses the goddamn stupid inflatable clown from the beginning of the movie. That's a, and Kevin, by this point, is clearly a puppet master, because <laughs> he, is, he is a master of marionettes. He creates uh, all the puppets. Why isn't Blader a pinhead in this I film? I agree. Well, I mean, uh, Harry's basically dressed like pinhead. Yeah, Harry and Marv die, and then McCoy <laughs> puts and them and into Kevin puts them in puppets, <laughs> and they... Oh, my God. This, this is retro puppet master. Uh, Pigeon Lady is Leech Woman. There we, oh, man, we are recasting and remaking uh, Puppet Master. Anyway. Puppet, puppet Master Home Alone. Well, uh, I did... Uh, Post on Full Moon's Facebook page uh, in regards. This is a complete sidetrack, but I have a moment to mention it because uh, no, they posted it. that thing for the fucking Kickstarter for Pup Master Eleven. Yeah, uh, and so I and so like, oh, if you uh, pay this, you get this reward is to be in the movie. This reward is to get this. So I asked, hey, which reward uh, lets me write and direct the movie for you? <laughs> uh, and they replied, well, Charles Payne is directing this one, but shoot us an email with your resume and stuff. We'll we'll start talking. So, hey, maybe I'll direct Pubmaster 11. We're already writing it right now. I do hope... You, did you actually send them your resume? I will. I didn't get a chance to because I'm very busy this week with the holidays and shit. But... Okay, so do do that because that'd be hilarious. <laughs> no, this man who shit on the entire Pubmaster franchise is now directing the newest Pubmaster and ends up being the second best in the franchise. Yeah, as I say, like, we know our Pubmaster <laughs> shit. We know it. Listen... We have a whole month worth of, of stuff us just telling you what you did wrong. <laughs> and what you did right the one time. Yeah, what you did right, absolutely. There was definitely stuff you did right, even in the shitty ones. Anyway, sorry. Totally, back on back track. On track. We're back on uh, track. We're lost in New he York, is, baby. He's esca- he tries to escape from the hotel with the help of angels with even filthier souls. Yes. Fuck. Oh, there's also... Um, Flybait. Um, fly, there's Flybait, but uh, uh, one thing we jumped over. Uh, so... Uh, Fuller in the first one was drinking Pepsi. Fuller in this film is drinking Coke. Oh shit! Product, there's, a, I, there's a noticeable product placement change, um, and then there's a Donald Trump cameo at the beginning. Yes, of the film. Uh, future pres- president Kevin. Donald Trump. Yeah, future president. Future president. <laughs> a year from now, we're gonna look like idiots. Yeah. 
Yeah, we are. Because he's not. Pre- he's not president. I guess I'm not. Well, no. Here's the thing. Either uh, he's not the president, and it's obvious that we were being sarcastic, or he ends up being the president, and we fucking called it. We we called it, guys. We predicted the future. Here's the winning lottery tickets. <laughs> Five, sixty-four, six. Grapefruit <laughs> station wagon. Perfect. Okay, so. Uh, I'll be right on point when they change the lottery system. You guys don't even know fucking know. That's for that's for a year from now. Year from now. Um, in the future. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so he escapes <laughs> from the hotel. Angels fulfill through souls so again. Like that's the sort of shit that keeps making me laugh in the film is the fact that they are it's it's sequelitis with a mission to have sequelitis almost. Yeah, and the film even know like even the the, the Angels of Filthier Souls like he just like even shoots. More yeah. than he did in the first <laughs> film, and like just like blowing this lady away. Then has like the one like, boom, like one extra shot at yep. the end. That a little like um little little note You've there. You've been smooching it's, everybody, Cliff. Cliff, it's a lie. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, um, so then Harry Marv again catch Kevin and decide to murder him. Kevin yep. gets away. He's in terrifying Central Park. Then uh, some prostitutes offered to like uh, read him a bedtime story, which Kevin should have taken them up on. He can clearly afford it. Uh, and then my, it leads into my, my one of my favorite parts of the film, where Kevin gets in the cab. Man, scary out there! And the cab driver's like, "Ain't much better in here, kid." <laughs> <laughs> and then Kevin reels in fear at just a man's face. That fucking piece of shit. Yeah, what an asshole. <sighs> The one, one, one time, the one Kevin time Kevin's an asshole. Every other time, like he's donating charity to charities. He's like he's being a good person, and then he runs back into Pigeon Lady, becomes friends with Pigeon Lady. Pigeon Lady talks about how oh I'm homeless because I don't know I'm homeless. My my, my husband my left husband me. left me, so I lost everything. So now I have every I lost everything. I have these pigeons. I got pigeon shit all over all me. T- and people, why do people think I'm weird? <laughs> why can't I get a job at all these interviews I go to? I don't understand. Don't don't they like birds? Ah. <laughs> uh, Kevin, because uh, uh, Harry and Marv tell Kevin their plan, Kevin realizes, like, hey, I can't let them steal from these fucking sick kids. That's fucked up. I don't. Uh, this has nothing to do with me, but I can't let them do that because I'm a good person, unlike my family. Although, admittedly, it's it's set up because Kevin thinks he has to do a good act to make up for all the bad things he's oh, done. Oh, sure. Which, again, he really didn't do that many bad no, things. No, he didn't. So I think it's also very self-motivated, like... I have to do a good deed to make up for my bad hey, deeds. Hey, you know what? I, I A lot of people call that stuff out. I don't care what motivations for a good deed are so long as you're doing a good deed. And That's his true. good as deed as far go outweighs his bad deed. Yeah, as long as he doesn't go around saying, hey, I did a good deed. Exactly. He just accepts that. And he know, doesn't. He, he doesn't tell much. anyone about it. But yeah, he never tells anybody anything. He apologizes to Mr. Duncan uh, for breaking his window, which is the only time he takes credit for anything. And Mr. Duncan showers him and his family with gifts. Yeah, I know. Totally. Uh, so then he, so then, uh, so he's in New York. Outer Kevin is not an option here. You know, that's in Chicago. That was that's. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, his uncle lives there, and he can break into his uncle's yeah. house. For so now we're in Zanzibar. We're years later in Zanzibar. <laughs> uh, Frank Yeager, who's covered in pigeons, is helping him this time around. <laughs> <laughs> Great picture. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Uh so everything's kicked up to fucking 11 with all the slapstick, and now Harry and Marv are straight cartoon characters as they should be dead. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, way funnier. I laugh way harder this scene than I do, but if we're taking a moment to step back, everything is over-the-top insane. It is over-the-top insane. 
it's still funny. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's still funny. But now let's let's do again. I'm gonna um, go first, motherfucker. Go go first. Go first because you might steal mine. There's a lot. There's a, way more in this one, so we might not we might not sync up. So what what what, what do you got? Way more. Uh, but my two favorites, uh, just off the top of my head, is uh, Marv getting electrocuted. Because uh, Jesus, one. he turns into a skeleton. skeleton with his beard still on. <laughs> <laughs> and then he falls down and makes the bone rattling sound. Yes. Um, second, I want to say, well, uh, you give me one of yours because we took to. Um, that one's good. Uh, actually, um, it might be as simple as when uh, Marv kicks open the door. He's like, "I reach the top, takes a step, falls face first down the down into the basement." <laughs> um. It might be that. I mean, there's a lot. There is here. a lot. It's hard to uh, pick out compared to the simple ones of the first one. But that one, I mean, that one's so good. He's like, he like, I made, like, he has this, like, moment of victory because he beat the fucking staple yes. gun. And just to fall, like, straight, straight down. down. Like, he didn't, like, he looked around the room but didn't notice that gigantic gaping hole in front wow, of him. Wow, what a hole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so that one's, that's, that's one of mine. So uh, I almost want to say... The fact that they're self-aware with the paint cans and still get fucked, but I think I'm gonna have to go with the very simple bricks of Marv. Oh, the G- fact that Marv keeps getting hit with the bricks, begging Harry to stop instigating Kevin. <laughs> and then at the end, Harry's like, "You try to throw a brick at me," <laughs> and that's what sets him off. Yeah, just the yeah that 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 I think that scene is immediately foretelling of how like over-the-top ridiculous this is going to yes. get. Because not only... Like, the first time I was, he had, like, a, the heated-up um, door handle and the blowtorch to the head, but most everything was, eh. This is so now we have bricks being thrown off three-story tall buildings onto people's heads, and they're being perfectly fine. Uh, a toilet full of gas oh, exploding. <laughs> yeah, he dumps, dumps kerosene in the toilet, and then... I, I do like the setup for that, where it's like, ah, yeah, I can't get water, so he just, like puts his head and then like you see outside the entire house like almost blows up <laughs> but what i like is is just um like the reaction for joe pesci this the smoldering head is like his face is all covered just in soot pure and he's like, rage. Uh, so that that I, and I, I i appreciate that harry and marv both like know what they've been through before so they keep on like trying to be smart and checking stuff but yeah. this is hyper super kevin who is uh, very advanced in his trap setting. Jigsaw, Jigsaw Kevin, Kevin is in effect. Jesus Christ. Is in full effect in this film. So yeah, uh, there's uh, my second one might be... Um, uh, man, there's a lot. Um, trying to think. I don't know if I remember all the different stuff. Uh, it might be as simple as... Um, Uh, oh, this isn't shit. one of my tops, but while you're thinking, I'll say that I really appreciate Marv doing, like, the fucking Samba dance while he's slipping on the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, maybe, maybe it is when he, like, falls and, like, magically starts, like, accelerating just, the wall yeah, just and then flies. And all the paint cans hit him. But it might also be, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of, all the Marv stuff in the basement so good. It's so good. Like, when he sees the rope and he pulls it, he's like, it's fine. So he jumps on it, and then, like, a bag of, like, concrete powder falls down Jesus on him. Christ. And his makeshift stand. And then, no, no, the first one's goofy. The second one, when he's, like, when he rebuilds it, it's like, ah, solid as a rock. <laughs> 
Oh, when he first makes it, though. No, no, I think it's the rope. I think the rope is when he says, Harry, I'm, I'm coming, coming up! up. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I had two exactly, but maybe... maybe I don't I'm know, in the tool, the tool chest. Stuff. Oh, the tool... Like, what's that sound? And then it hits him. It's a tool chest falling down the stairs. <laughs> uh, so, of course, like the first film, Kevin escapes by a rope. He tricks him into going down the rope. Why they would do this, I don't understand. And then he, the rope is soaked in kerosene. He lights it. They fall. They get doused in uh, varnish. Mm-hmm. Which, that was intense. And so they... Kevin, uh, slips, Kevin on slips on some ice. And, um... They're about to murder they him. Grab him. They're gonna... They're gonna murder him. They're gonna take him to Central Park and blow his brains yep. out. But, uh, Grey Pigeon made. shows up. Grey Pigeon. Uh, covers them in birdseed. Only you, Kevin, can release me. <laughs> Hurt me more. Oh my god, we need Cyborg Marv in the future. <laughs> <laughs> we fought in New York. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, birds cover them. Marv scream, again. Not as funny as the spider. I don't know, it's pretty... It's, it's pretty still great. Daniel Stern high pitch scream. It's still great. But I already got the Marv scream with the electrocution. Like I feel like you yeah. need a one. That oh that I, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going back to that execution. <laughs> and in fact, that's even Kevin being more sadistic because he's cranking he's the cranking it up. And then only out of the kindness of his heart does he turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ! Like oh Jesus Christ! So obviously uh, they go his home. Mo- they have a sweet. Oh, they have a sweet sweet. Oh, hold on. Uh, one of my favorite parts in the film that isn't Kevin, Harry, or Marv is Tim Curry trying to not cry after he gets slapped by Catherine O'Hara. Oh, yeah, that's a really subtle, simple <laughs> one. Uh, this film also does treat Catherine O'Hara like... Oh, I'm not said. brave at all. I would be dead in a gutter. Oh, God. Oh, that fucking line. That pissed me off so fucking bad. And the family's mad at the hotel staff for trying to stop Kevin like they did something wrong. It's like, you're the one who can't keep... I don't know. Like I, don't, I just didn't see any reason for the family to be pissed at the hotel staff. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they thought he was a thief. They thought he stole a credit card. They were trying to apprehend him and he ran off. What, what the fuck do you I want? I mean, they could have said, like, hey, you could have handled this a little bit better. Talk to him inside the hotel. Or something. Talk to the police first. Anything. Uh, but that being said, they're definitely, like, pushing the blame because it's their fault. It's not. It's their fault Kevin's in New York right now, not the, not the hotels. Yeah. Um, so. They wake up in the morning. Mr. Duncan sent tons of gifts to them for Kevin, leaving a note and everything. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the stinger in oh, the no, Buzz, says, Buzz, Kevin, I want to say Buzz actually has a really nice uh, characterization moment where he actually maturely points out that they're only having this amazing moment because of Kevin. So let's give Kevin a moment. Like, it's it's actually really nice. Like, he's, yeah. Meanwhile, Uncle Frank is still trying to steal Yeah, presents. like, Buzz, of all the characters, Buzz is the only member of the family that's actually grown at all. Um, and then Pigeon Lady gets her resolution, which is her still being homeless, <laughs> except now she has an ornament to put on no tree, because she's homeless. You can hang it on your, on your shit-covered jacket. <laughs> uh, and then you can go with a stinger now. I just wanted to point those two things out. I can't do it. I can't, no, it's no good. I can't do it. Uh, yeah, so, so Kevin will go back to his family, he'll go back to, uh, uh Chicago and their million-dollar home. Yeah. Totally fine. Totally fine. Not giving a shit. But um, no, the stinger in the end of the film, uh, as if as if Buzz is uh, destroyed room. Kevin's father gets the uh, uh, Kevin's room service bill of nine hundred and like sixty eight dollars. 
the best part about that when you're reading it is like gratuity of that um gratuity is like 260 dollars yes it. so kevin is very very good with the very gratuity. generous so that was pretty funny uh so that's that's home alone 2 lost in new york uh like i said fine but if you've watched home alone any time recently before watching home alone 2 man if you watch them back to back i do agree that home alone 2 loses some of its like oomph but if you yeah. give it some time, for me, like, again, when Bill and I disagree on this, but for me, Home Alone 2 is vastly superior to me. Yeah, that's fine. Like I said, I, I am, yeah, so whatever. Uh, three stars, that's where I put it on I give list. it four and a half. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. So, I like it a lot, but I do agree with Bill, if you watch them both back to back, you are making a mistake. Because uh, 2 is a very much a retread. I think it does the whole retread thing right, but if you do it back to back, you're going to be like, I saw this already. Yeah, totally. So a $20 million budget made $358.9 million worldwide. Another great success. Uh, so that's where we end this discussion. Obviously, Home Alone 3 came out in theaters. I didn't know this. I, did, I grew up thinking it was direct-to-video. I can't imagine seeing that piece of shit in theaters. Uh, which I was also uh, written by, written produced by John Hughes. Mm-hmm. So for I made people, you know, you want to talk about the greatness of John Hughes, I always say, like, he, he did Home Alone 3. Um, that movie, uh, fun fact, Roger Ebert did not care for the first two Home Alone films, uh, but he did think Home Alone 3 was his favorite. Yeah, I thought, I always find that interesting, and I don't know why. He gave it three out of four stars, sounded to be fresh, very funny, and better than the first two. Home Alone 3, everybody! That's like the only good review for Home Alone 3, too. They put that on every Another box. great moment, another great moment when Roger Ebert, this was just, what the fuck were you thinking? <sighs> I mean, like with any critic, you know, he was a smart man. But f- opinions on films are just that, they're opinions. I get it. No, I get it. Totally. But it's just funny to come from Roger Ebert saying Home Alone 3 is better than Home Alone and Home Alone 2. I agree. 2. <laughs> it's just great when you have those moments of like, what? Like a movie that's universally panned and then Roger Ebert. Of all people, it. yeah. Yeah. So that's where we're going to leave Home Alone. That's oh, don't forget Home Alone 4, which brought back Kevin, played by a different actor, and Marv, again, played by a different actor. Uh, which was, yeah, that was never um, saw that. And um, then Home Alone 5 um, from 2012, the holiday heist, also never saw that. Oh, also, my yeah, favorite was, thing about um, Home Alone 4, I will say this so we can leave it out on. Uh, the, French the, Stewart. French Stewart. The plot of Home Alone 4 is that Kevin, Kevin's dad divorced Kevin's mother, and, and yeah. Kevin's father took, quote, the only child he cares about, Kevin. <laughs> which that kind of that's kind yeah. of true of, of his asshole family Kevin's dad seems like the least asshole so maybe Kevin's dad was just tired of dealing with all these fucking assholes yeah, yeah to- and that, that probably makes total <laughs> sense but yeah that that movie exists it was probably Disney uh, there's so like those sequels are very bad too yes like it's clearly they got a name they had a script time to go motherfuckers Man, I think I need to watch Home Alone 4 and 5 one day Next oh. year, baby. Oh, man. I'm going to pull my <laughs> brains out. So that's where we're at for Home Alone. Yeah, and if, you, you, if you've if you seen those movies, how about you just give us, shoot us an email at moviefilmsofbillandsteve at gmail.com or you can find us on uh, our Facebook page at moviefilmsofbillandsteve or also on iTunes. Subscribe, give five stars. Tell us what you thought about Home Alone, the Holiday Heist. Was uh, was director uh, Peter Hewitt, was he good? I don't know. Let, me, let us know. And, uh, of course, you can also find our, all of our episodes on SoundCloud, all that stuff, and also on moviefilmsofbillandsteve.tumblr.com where all the episodes are always listed. And if you want to find me on Twitter, 
You just got to get on that Twitter machine, type in at Lovable Bill, and I'm right there, baby. Woo! Mm-hmm. Click, uh, click follow, I guess, or not. I don't give a shit. Yeah, do it. And Do it now! Uh, you can check out my movies and stuff, uh, facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms and silverspotlightfilms.com. Uh, starting to do the audio syncing for the Survivors this and next week, which means I'm going to start editing after. So Survivors may be more like February as opposed to January. I kind of forgot that I was going away for two fucking weeks when I made the announcement of when the movie was coming out. Kind of forgot about the whole getting married thing. Uh, but it's still coming <laughs> early 2016. You know, all the footage looks great. Can't wait to share it with you guys. Sounds fantastic, guys. Check that out. Well, guys, it's been a great hiatus, but now we're back in the swing of things. It's great. Uh, next week, you'll be should look forward to our year-end review. So watch all the films that came out this year. See if it comes up on our lists. And until then, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. Suck brick, kid! No, we're the Sticky Bandits now. That's S-T... Shut up, Mark! Uh, I... 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 <laughs>